Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Side Dish. I'm Alan, and to give you a little background on what we're gonna be doing today, and actually every time moving forward on The Side Dish, is we're going to look at an artist who has multiple albums out and kind of talk about their career as a whole, what we think about them, what others have been thinking about them, and where we personally would start jumping in if we were new. So this is Alan here. We are talking about Kanye's 2010 album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. My personal number one, possibly my favorite rap album ever. But one thing we didn't mention about 808s and Heartbreaks that I think is very pertinent to this album, people didn't appreciate 808s as much as they do today in 2008. Uh, people thought this sounded weird. This isn't rap. This is kind of whiny and complaining. Combined with the fact that Kanye had his Taylor Swift Grammy I'm Gonna Let You Finish fiasco, kind of all culminating in this tumultuous time, people were writing Kanye off around 2009, the start of 2010. So Kanye got a bunch of, a bunch of producers, a bunch of singers, um, someone who was unknown at that time, Nicki Minaj, and uh, Justin Vernon of the band Bon Iver all into this little studio in Hawaii and just recorded My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy and was just a huge, huge comeback in the rap scene for Kanye in 2010. Uh, I think a huge reason of the shift from Kanye being perceived as this really likable, likable, fun dude was due to him having those albums that were received well and then 808's coming received poorly. And then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he made everyone love him again with this record. Um, so my number my number one record, possibly possibly my favorite rap album. I think it's just fantastic. Milo, what did you think? Yeah, it's actually... Uh, so because we excluded the collaboration projects, that puts it at number two underneath graduation. Damn. Yeah, I really... Especially seeing seeing once I saw the so I listened to the album first and then I saw the music video afterward, which made me appreciate it even more. Mm -hmm. But oh yeah, this is another example I would say Juan of that otherworldly type of production. For instance, like songs mm -hmm. like All of the Lights. Like I feel like I, I'm a pop star listening to that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and Runaway. I know Mark thought it was a little too long, but great this the instrumentals at the like end the when it cuts off song, yeah but you, didn't you say like it was kind of going on for a little while like uh if i remember correctly i don't know i'll have to go back and look at that but sorry like the distorted vocal that sounds like a guitar i thought you didn't like that i have to go look at it. i'd have to listen to the song again to be honest That's but right. i do like this i do remember liking the song at least but yeah great song when it cuts off at the end and just goes into the instrumentals and it just keeps playing I, this is the part in the music video where the ballerinas are dancing to it just awesome stuff. This is Kanye's best album. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not like even though I didn't rank it number one, it's I. It's hard for me to not recognize that it is a masterpiece. Definitely the most cinematic album I've ever listened to. That really just takes me on a journey when I listen to it. Uh, so many different directions. It feels. It feels really cohesive, like one piece of work, but at the same time, it does so many different things. And that's something I love in a project where it has the similar vibe throughout, but it just approaches it in so many different ways and so many different dynamic songs that it still works together. Um, yeah, I thought 
it just blows me away whenever I hear it. How I think it's 14 tracks long, and there's not one miss in my opinion. Damn. Mm. I I mean I thought it was a great album too. Like I'm doing it wrong. Gorgeous with Kid Cudi and Raekwon. Like oh my mm-hmm. god, that was fire. Um, to be honest, the first six tracks like all fire and. I was never yeah. like a Nicki fan, really. And then I heard Monster. Um, remember, I'm listening. Mm-hmm. I just listened to this album for the first time a few months ago. So I uh, went and I heard Monster. And I was like, God damn. Mm-hmm. Nicki body. Like, out of everybody. Nicki, like, mm-hmm. AZ, oh, yeah. Ross, and Gandhi. Like, Nicki bodied mm-hmm. that song. Um, I was genuinely surprised. Um, but yeah, like, Power, All the Lights. Like, a lot of big hits. I, I thought this was a great album. I don't know if it, I wouldn't consider it best, but I thought this was a great album. I'll say that for sure. So, Milo, earlier you brought up the song Runaway. Uh, Runaway is my favorite Kanye song. I love mm-hmm. I love the way it starts, just with that single piano note. Just boom. Mm-hmm. Boom. Really slow for just 19, 19 bars, I think. Going into just this, this reflection on a toxic relationship where Kanye says, I'm the one who is the problem. You should run away as fast as mm-hmm. you can. And this kind of culminates all the way through a normal rap song and ends on this really, really sweet vocal distortion that takes, oh, yeah, one, I think you had brought it up. That takes an electric guitar and um, I think it's called a voiceophone and then blends it together. So what starts as an electric guitar outro solo eventually turns into Kanye just, singing a little bit in this really distorted fashion. And I just, when I, the first time I heard that and the first time that I had seen the accompanying music video, I, I immediately knew Kanye was back. Um, I would like, uh, I'll admit I wasn't huge on 808s. I probably was even less huge on 808s back in the day. But when I first saw Runaway, it came right back. And then listening to it in the context of the album, Runaway got even better. Um, I love the song mm-hmm. Devil in a New Dress that comes on right before it with Rick Ross. Another personal favorite on this album. But like you guys have said, this I think this album kind of put Nicki Minaj on the map. And even and I guess if you guys want to talk about like I know you're not fans of skits. What did you guys think of the spoken word piece um who will survive in America at the end of this album? I didn't consider that a skit, and that might be why I like okay. it. Um, I think it's a great closer. Yeah, it transitions really well from Lost in the World. Juan, you mentioned something earlier uh, that like this felt very cinematic to you, and I 100% completely agree. Um, just this, the overall sounds that are coming throughout on this album, it does give a very like almost like movie-type film, like ups and downs mm-hmm. and everything like that. I just imagine an orchestra. Yeah. like. And I think I think Kanye is his best when he's a conductor and he's just got fully lots of people in the room because he can't write for shit. So when he needs his writers, <laughs> he needs lots of vocalists because I agree his range is limited. He just brings together all these different people and he knows what to do there. And yeah. I think that's what makes this album great. Fully agree. Fool, I could not just to throw it out there, there is, you can go on YouTube and watch it. There is a short film that accompanies this album a little under an hour. Um, it's really It's really avant-garde and it's kind of, some might call it a little stuck up its own ass at some points, but for someone who loves this album as much as I do, um, and kind of having a rough idea of the narrative of the way to the songs is structured, I love, I actually really enjoyed watching and sitting through an hour of this album being composed against 
this, I guess I would call it a ballet that Kanye has written. Um, so check it out if you haven't, or mm-hmm. if you, if you love this album as much as I do, I think you should. Getting off on rankings, I'll just start. I've already said this. This is my number one Kanye album. Uh, it it fluctuates. This is my number one rap album of all time, but we might you might as well call it that. Number one. For me, this is number four. Number two. Damn, so this album ranked decently high for all of us. Mm-hmm. That might be the overall best ranked one so far. Yeah. Oh, I definitely want to talk about Power. I think that was yeah. the lead single. Another song that's used in lots of movie trailers and things like that. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that this one might be my favorite on the album. And I especially appreciate the way the album, the song kind of closes out with the, like, I got the power to make your life so excited, so excited. And then it, like, slowly starts sounding like suicide. Yeah. Uh, and then the singer comes in with, like, this will be a beautiful death, jumping out the window, letting everything go. Um, I thought that was, like, m- probably my favorite moment on the album besides the the outro of Runaway. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because power is such a, a huge, like they're going for a power trip, a very high energy moment. Mm-hmm. And then it goes mm-hmm. into the part that goes into talking about suicide. And then it fades into the, all of the lights instrumental interlude. Um, and I love the way that it goes from that max high energy power and winds it down a little bit with kind of just an orchestra set and then goes right into the, the like the way that all of the lights hits really hard so thank you for bringing that up it's a great kind of refresher and like brings the energy back right to the middle of the album also so one of the kind of things that led up to this album as i'm looking on wikipedia so west kind of self-exiled in hawaii from what i'm seeing before this um and and when he made this album and that was because of all the controversy and stuff that was coming out after like the Taylor Swift thing too, um, which that was one of the first times. Yeah. One of the first times I remember like Kanye West being huge in media, like after the Bush doesn't like black people, uh, then it was the whole Taylor Swift thing. Like I remember that was huge <laughs> viral. So um, what do y'all think of Kanye doing that? Like just yeah, going on stage. Out of place. Think he was Apparently had a pretty place serious impact on Taylor. Like in her documentary, she reflects on how at that age, she was very dependent on, like, her, her value was ex- like external, like people approving her. And mm-hmm. when he came up and did that, it was like, she thought uh, initially that they were booing at her, that they agreed with Kanye. Mm-hmm. And so it devastated her. And then later she realized they were booing Kanye. But yeah, I, I thought it was totally inappropriate. I don't know who originated this phrase, but the idea of like, you're not wrong, you're just an asshole. That's from The Big Lebowski. I think captures it well. The Big Lebowski, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think Kanye has a point and I, and I do feel like it is a very frustrating thing when, um, when you see like white artists who, in my opinion, like are nowhere near as good as like Beyonce getting their fame and recognition largely because of their privilege and being really upset at that. And feeling like there is something, there is a like systemic thing in place that keeps people of color from being recognized. Like I understand the frustration at that, and I and I feel like that was a lot of kind of the subtext of it was that frustration, which I can totally understand. Um, but I also understand, you know, Taylor Swift at the end of the day is still a person, and that's an incredibly disrespectful thing to do to her because of something that's completely out of her control. Juan, I liked how you. I liked how you kind of put that preface there that 
you know, there is an issue with, I mean, especially before when we're recording this in 2020, back in the day, you mm-hmm. could, if you're yeah. white, that's just such a, such a boon to your career as compared to, I mean, even like being black, even Beyonce. Right. Um, but that being said, mm-hmm. Con, this was, I think Kanye's probably second biggest PR blunder in his career. And I wish that he had not done that. Uh, in 2020, I don't really hold much, much sympathy for Taylor Swift at this point, based on how her career has panned out since this moment. But not not a good look. I am glad that we got My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy as sort of a result from it, but not a good look. Hey, what What is it that Connie said? I made that bitch famous. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll, get to mean, that. we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that, though. Um, wait, did people pick two favorite songs? Oh, God, oh, no. Um, no, not yet. I'll start. Uh, Power and Lost in the World. Okay. It would have been Blame Game if it weren't for Chris Rock. <laughs> that surf is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> Easy taught me. Oh, God. <laughs> Lost in the World and Runaway. I'm picking Monster and Runaway. Ah, uh, Milo, that's the thing you were saying earlier about how you can't choose. Like, I'm taking Runaway for one of them. And mm-hmm. no one's picked it, so I'll pick Devil in a New Dress. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Does anybody know the movie Devil so- in a Blue Dress with Denzel? No. No? Okay. No, no I've never seen it. <laughs> Thank you for that, I was just, you want to watch the movie? <laughs> There's like one listener we have that like totally loves all of Milo's references that we don't understand. <laughs> um. So next up, I believe is Jesus. Am I correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. This might have been. I'm pretty sure this was the first Kanye album I actually like listened through. I'm almost for sure. Um. And this came out. June 2013. So yeah, that would make a lot of sense too. So that would yeah. Um what y'all think of this? Very experimental, very avant-garde. Mm-hmm. I hated it when it came out. Really? Yeah, I, I would come back to it like every year or two. Um, and it took like up until like I think a year and a half ago that it finally clicked with me. It's very abrasive. It's you know, it's it's blasphemous, it's sacrilegious like it uses strange fruit and then you know turns it into this weird ass song you know like there's there's all the stuff going against it um but it's it's just i think to me what really makes it is just how entertaining it is and how cathartic it is to listen i like how you said abrasive the man literally says in the first track as soon as i pull up and park the bins get this bitch shaking like <laughs> parkinson's Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you can't say that. <laughs> um, I just, the first thing that I remember when I first heard this album was like production. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like reasons, like, this is why I recognize Kanye. Like, I didn't like him as a rapper really, but as a producer, it was just like, um, like, Songs like New Slaves, Black Skinhead, um, Blood on the Leaves. Like, production was just so big. And I'm like, he is on one with this. Mm -hmm. I think he has a line where he says, like, I'm going to start a new movement being led by the drums. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think one one thing I remember from the from around it was I think Rick Rubin was heavily involved in this album. Yeah, and he really sure. pushed for Kanye to just emphasize the drums. Um, and he he was kind of claiming like Kanye's early work. The worst part about it is that the actual drums, like uh, it doesn't hit enough. You know, it's it's kind of soft. And here it's just like okay, we're just gonna yeah, this focus. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> And it hits. Yeah. Bound 2 yeah. wasn't as bad as I remember. I remember, I think I wrote Bound 2 off because of the music video, like that video he had with Kim Kardashian. <laughs> but listening to it mm-hmm. apart from the music video, it wasn't, I guess, yeah, I was just being a, a hater in the, back in the day. I was just, it's not great, but I love the Charlie Wilson vocals. Mm-hmm. Love them. Like, like when he comes in, oh, I'm in the song. And then as soon as it goes back to Kanye, I'm like, okay. Yeah, agree. But the Charlie Wilson part, I love, I love his part in that song. Love also, it. Doesn't feel like it should be on this album. Like it stands out. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. It does really stand out. Um, you mentioned so you mentioned the strange fruit sample on Blood on the Leaves. Mm-hmm. Like I thought that was a great way to sample it. I thought it sounded beautiful. Oh god, that um, beat. the horns. It was beautiful. But then the lyrics, I'm like, dog, you're gonna sample strange fruit, like talking about black people hanging from trees, and you're just gonna spit nonsense over this? Like and it, and that makes me even like more mad knowing like listening to Call Us Dropout Late Registration and knowing the lyrical capability he does have. So it'd be one thing if like he didn't even have that lyrical capability in the first place, but knowing that he has it and then like didn't even spit anything of value over that mm-hmm. beat, like yeah, like to me that's sacrilegious. Like yeah, like, it's like come on, dog. Milo, I want to thank you for admitting that Ground Two has grown on you because this is. This is actually my second favorite Kanye album. And I noticed, I felt like even at the time, a lot of the criticism that was being leveraged against it was almost veiled Kim Kardashian hate, specifically about Bound 2. And that if that song had been on College Dropout, it would have been considered one of the classic songs on College Dropout, right? And... I appreciate that you guys are willing to say I didn't like this at first, but now it's starting to have grown on me. Um, This is one that I was, I messed with this album immediately when it came out. It had an insane kind of pre-rollout, pre-rollout feature. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I I just ate it all up. I loved all of it. Um, I think this, this album, the song Hold My Liquor has Chief Keef on it. And yes, I was about to mention that. Like I can I can listen to a Chief Keef song, right? And it can be kind of like I might call it kind of like fun, but not necessarily like a song I'm gonna listen to over and over again. Kanye took Chief Keef mm-hmm. and really made him the best that he could be, something that Kanye excels mm-hmm. with great features. Absolutely. And I mean doing that with <laughs> doing that with Chief Keef, that's that's proof right there. I love I love the way on site comes in and says we're going to get this bitch shaking like Parkinson's. I love that line. And it just says, this is the album that, that Kanye doesn't give a fuck the way that you guys have treated me because of you guys wrote me off because of 808s. You guys wrote me off because of Taylor Swift. Well, I'm going to come back with an experimental, hard-hitting album. And if you don't like it, fine. But in my opinion, what we got was an amazing follow-up to um, to Dark Fantasy. and. I I really do like Blood on the Leaves. Um and even like I, I do kind of I do hear what you're saying with the with the lyrics kind of not being the best, 
but I still think it's great. Yeah, I, I'm so, I was so I'm so torn about that song. I think when it when Blood on the Leaves dropped, I thought it was like kind of brilliant that like the the swinging bodies became like people dancing in the club, mm-hmm. um, and I, I appreciated the kind of subversion there. But people are being lynched today, um, and that makes it that like it's like a you know once again a 2020 reading like this song just doesn't feel right anymore what was once like a a funny subversion is now just completely in bad taste i do hear what you're saying i feel like because this is an album that i do love so much i'm able to kind of separate it out a little easier if i'm being honest this does this does remind me kanye kind of talking about him as a person around 2013 2014 he was like wearing swastika jackets and stuff and his whole the whole point of that was yeah his whole well yeah and he even had a song black skinhead was to say like kanye was doing that to say we live i want to wear this stuff to take the power away from these images which i feel like in 2020 we can all say that's a really bad way to go about it that doesn't really actually work but for anyone wondering why why there was a song called Black Skinhead, What, uh, why he's willing to be so like nasty about pretty, uh, pretty real subjects like racism and stuff. It was kind of, a, kind of an image he was going for. Um, getting back to the songs, uh, New Slaves might be a top four or five Kanye song all time for me. So what do you guys think about it? It was great. I thought it was great. I don't know about top five necessarily, yeah. but it's a it's a great. It's a great song. I don't I don't remember it. This is a song that even I appreciate the production end of it a lot because there is the first maybe seventy five percent of the song is just like repetitive kind of fast rap lyrics that are funny. They're abrasive, but then the end, the song just shifts into this. I can't lose. I can't lose. And like. When I sing it, it sounds awful, but the way that it sounds like Kanye's been on the ground on like this rap grind through this three-minute song, this heavenly auto-tuned voice talking about not being able to lose comes in at the end, and I love the transition there. Mm-hmm. I love that part. I agree with you. Um, oh, so on... Sorry, I just have to mention this. That's being a Tyler fan. On the Wolf documentary for Tyler's album Wolf, uh, Kanye is in there, and Kanye does say... Um, there wouldn't have been a Yeezus without Tyler, the creator. So I just, Alan, I need to put mm. that out there. <laughs> so we know that. Of course. Of um, course. He, was a, he was a very big uh, influence. But um, there were also a couple other things I remember that came along with this album. So one, just the fact that it was just a CD as the album cover. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people talked about that and were yeah. very frustrated, <laughs> just confused that it was just like a blank CD. Yeah, um, by physical, I think it was actually just blank. And so it looks yeah. like... <laughs> Like a dude you just bought at the beach or whatever, <laughs> trying to sell you his mixtape. <laughs> um, that and then the uh, Yeezus tour. I remember his live, like I remember like live shows always being a pretty big part of Kanye, but specifically during Yeezus, like his live shows were lit. Um, especially with songs like Black Skinhead or whatnot. Um, and that all diamond mask he was wearing was clean. Um but yeah, like I remember the live shows for like the users tour were like instrumental in like even having the album like be more. Um, we have favorite songs. Black Skinhead and Send It Up. Hold My Liquor and Black Skinhead. 
I'm gonna pick black skin head and that's a hard one. Um I'll pick black skin head and new slaves actually. And for me it's gonna be new slaves and hold my liquor. All right, uh rankings. Number six. So interestingly enough, this is just a step above eight oh eights and heartbreak. It came in at number eight. For this, this was my number three, actually. Oh, Mark, I love hearing it so high. Nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah, the, the production to me, it was just like the production was wild. Um, and I really loved it. So it gets pretty high on there. For, for me, me, it's number two. Um, Pablo. Now, next, my favorite yes. kind of album. Oh, I'm lit right now. Hold on. Um, all right. So The Life of Pablo. And this album came out Six. February 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like a lot. I remember there was so much leading up to the release yes. of this album. Uh, Years. Juan, Juan, do you remember it all? Yeah, I mean, so he dropped like three singles featuring Paul McCartney like a year and a half before anything else. And then he just kind of went silent for a while. Uh, it, was, it was originally supposed to be called So Help Me God. It changed to Swish at one point. It switched to Waves. Yeah. And then it ended up as uh, The Life of Pablo. Um, I know he had a, um, he had like a, on Instagram or on some website, he was posting screenshot or pictures of the track list. And that was also constantly changing. You would see like different artists, like write their names on top of the sheets. You would see people cross out names for songs, put new songs, add songs, cross out songs completely. Like you were just kind of witnessing the creative process of it all. Uh, and during that time he dropped Real Friends and No More Parties in L.A., which ended up being songs on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it was very much, I think, in a way that we had never seen before because I don't think social media had gotten to this point. We were able to really just watch the kind of chaos of Kanye's album production process live. And that was, I think, what made the, the setup for the album very interesting. Um, the album dropped, like, a few days late after the... Um, Madison Square Garden, like where he was supposed to be releasing it. I think when he, with the one he played there ended up not even being the final album. And then there were multiple times after the album released that he decided to like patch the album by splitting up songs, adding background vocals and adding different synths and stuff like that into the background of different songs. He added in a completely other track like months after the fact, it was just kind of a, a very chaotic process. And I think you still, to this day, if you see the, the finished work that hasn't been updated now, you, it's still chaos. And that's kind of, that can be a good or a bad thing. I think for me, I think it's a really great thing. Uh, earlier I said that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was Kanye's best album, but I also think that Kanye's best album is inside of Life of Pablo somewhere. Yeah. I think I think if he figured out how to cut it, how to organize it, how to flow it, you know, all those things that he ended up not doing because of the chaos of the album, it probably would have been his best work. Okay, that's fair. Um, I like I said, it's my favorite album, and I also think it's his best work. Um, I think so. In my opinion, all the different iterations of Kanye that we have seen so far mm-hmm. all show up in this album. Absolutely. Like, I can hear things from, you know, 808s in here. I can hear things from College Dropout in here. I can hear things from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy in here and even Yeez. It's like every, I almost 
look at this album as like a best of or like a hit compilation album, but just obviously with new songs. But it just seems like really Kanye at his best in everything that he does. Um, and just the first track, I know Juan, you said you think his best opener was, I think you said Good Morning on yeah. mm-hmm. Graduation or whatever. Uh, Ultra Light, as soon as you said that, I was like, you're, you're, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> Ultra Light Beam is the best. I mean, that might be the best opening song I've heard on any album, not even just a Kanye album. Like Ultra Light Beam. Oh, I almost cry every time I listen to it. Like, it's so good. That was a mistake. Uh, what? <laughs> That was a mistake putting it first. It's a really? mistake putting it on the album at all. Yeah. I, I think I think it should have been a closer <laughs> if if anything. Um, yeah. I don't think it made sense, especially with him trying to go for the whole like life of Paul in this album, The Apostle. Yeah. Didn't really, I think, work for me. Um mm. I think it sounds too different from the next like eight or nine songs you're gonna be hearing on it. Mm. Um and I think it would have worked really well after like Wolves or something like Milo, you said it shouldn't have been yeah, on that. Because a lot of what Juan was saying, like it really stuck out. And but when Juan mentioned you said it should have mm-hmm. been a closer, yeah, as a closer, I can see that being a better decision than it being the first track. Because as you mentioned, the the songs you hear, the next eight songs you hear after it, it's like, why did you especially didn't this at any rate, but yes, it does it just it does sound too different. It would have been shoot. I mean Jesus is King should have featured Ultralight Beam would have been better off there. <laughs> and and I, I fully agree with that. I fully agree. Like, that album would have been 10 times as better if you just put this as the first song on Jesus is King. Because I'm actually going to be kind of a dissenting opinion and disagree. I think that it should be first on this album. And to me, when the album is called The Life of Pablo, the album it's also reflecting on Kanye's career, where what was we talked about it earlier, the first. The first single that ever got Kanye huge was Jesus Walks. He's starting his career off with Christianity. And then as we get farther down the track list, we can see after Ultralight Beam, he becomes like famous. And then he gets feedback on his career. And then a couple songs later, we have people complaining that he wants that people only like the old Kanye. And so up to that point, I feel like it sort of reflects Kanye's public perception in the rap world and then moving to no more parties in LA Kanye's not in Chicago anymore he's getting married he's with he's with Kim in Calabasas in LA and the lifestyle is starting to catch up to him a little more and it even ends off with Saint Pablo uh, kind of a redemption story so to me I actually like how it starts at the beginning and to me I see it as this whole album as a reflection of Kanye's perception of Kanye's music up from 2004 until 2016. Looking at 2020, now he is a Christian rapper, so maybe you could be right in that sense. But to me, if we're looking at it from 2016, I actually like it. Both my long one, both of you mentioned the fact that like it didn't fit necessarily the sound of the rest of the album. But I mean, that's kind of what I like. It's like the diversity of sounds on this album. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like the album didn't have one consistent sound, and I love that. Um, it, like I said, it's all different iterations of Kanye. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, like FML sounds incredibly different from Wolves, and then that sounds so much different from No More Parties in LA and Ultralight. Being like, there's a very, very, very different sounds, which allows me mm-hmm. to stay attentive because everything's so different. And even though I will say there are a few misses on this album, for a 20-song album, I like a heavy majority of the songs. And like I said, it's 20 songs, which is a lot. So 
I thought this was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Alan, you brought up that um, you kind of saw thematic cohesion throughout the album. You, you saw some kind of progression there. Um, I haven't, I didn't see any of that. Maybe if I come back to it, I will. I, have, I haven't like listened for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, what's always more important is like musical flow, mm-hmm. um, which I think there are moments where it's really good. And I think like the, I think like from like waves to wolves, I think the, the musical progression is great. But I think there are a lot of moments where it's just kind of scattered. Everything after like Wolves or Frank's track, if you want to count that, um, feels like a bunch of bonus tracks to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe if thematically it were different, or maybe if I noticed it thematically, I wouldn't see it that way. But for me, they just feel like extra tracks that are great, but bloat the album and I feel like make it lose focus. And it sounds like, Mark, you also, you appreciate the yeah. like, lack of focus. We agree on the same thing, it's just whether we like it or not. <laughs> so about exactly. the lack of focus, and by the way, Juan, yeah, about the bloatedness and extra tracks, interesting enough, in my memory, this album is way longer than it actually is. It's only an hour and six minutes, but I just remember it feeling really long. But as for the... So the thing about the diversity of sounds is the diversity of sounds is great, but I think what, at least what I'm saying, I, I won't speak for Juan, is that you walk into a room, you know, you got Latinx people, you got some black people, you got some Asians, et cetera, et cetera, some white people, and then they have their own diversity, Irish, English, and then there's just a random iguana. <laughs> like, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean by it sticks out. <laughs> like I get there's diversity of sound, but this particular sound, where did this iguana come from? <laughs> this thing is an iguana. So, so Milo, what's the iguana for you? Ultralight beam. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dead. And that might have been Chance's last great verse, to be honest. Sadly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh also so the song track 18 facts it says also charlie heat version mm-hmm. it was originally released That's right once prior um with a whole different beat same lyrics and all that but it just had a very different beat um where he was pretty much calling out nike and you know how much he didn't like nike and all this other stuff like that and you know it was on the adidas trade now um I I hate the album version, but I <laughs> love the original version that he made because the beat was so much better. It was. I didn't like the beat for uh, the Charlie Heat version. Oh, oh, shit. I just realized we also forgot this was the album that made Designer even a uh, yeah. name oh, yeah. that people noticed. <laughs> um, actually, this I'm pretty sure this got panda to the number one song. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm almost 100% sure. Like It was going uh, up, but yeah. Yeah, like... People heard this and then heard the original, and then Panda became the biggest song of the year because of a whole different album. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was huge. Uh, so, Alan, in general, how do you feel about this album? I think this album is great. This you'll see. This is probably this is well. I mean, this is definitely in. I won't spoil it, but this is in my top five. Oh, these are going to be the two songs I pick. But no more parties in LA. I feel like Kanye wrote a song. 12 years into his career that no one really no one really thought he had in him anymore and he goes mm-hmm. like he outshines Kendrick Lamar in my opinion on this song and that's I agree and that's incredible that's like when we think of like the best rapper out right now most people would say like Kendrick Lamar and so mm-hmm. Kanye coming back that strong and saying like hey this element of me 
is still really strong. The the rap element. I'm still I'm still the Christian the Christian guy with Ultralight Beam. I'm still the great producer. Well, with Ultralight Beam again among other songs. And I think I just think this album like it shoots it shoots to be scattered uh, because it wants to talk about all these different personalities. I think every single aspect of Kanye is represented here really well. It's not my number one uh, because there are a couple low points, uh, which I did want to bring up because uh, Juan and Milo, you mentioned you guys don't love skits. What Whatever Silver Surfer intermission is on this album is so much more boring and worse <laughs> than the skits on called Dropout and <laughs> Registration. I don't, I have like there has to be some kind of story because I don't know why why this why Kanye included this phone call. Uh, but I think it was because it was originally going to be called Waves, and I guess Max B popularized the term wavy, and so he called him about it. And Kanye was like, "I like this voicemail. I'm going to include it or something like that." I can see that, but I don't think it was. I don't think it went over. It didn't go over. It with was me. not worth it with me very well oh one more thing i did want to say uh mark in response to your question um i love kanye i it's like i don't know if he freestyled this or if he or if he wrote this ahead of time but so but around 2016 every i've heard the criticism i only like old kanye i miss kanye from college dropout to, to respond to it in such a strong way like with mm-hmm. bars that are clever and funny, just like, just like I would have picked if we were back in 2006 for late registration, I, mm-hmm. I thought was another great element to this album. For a second there, that Alan was actually going to do the whole freestyle. When he said, I love Kanye, I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> and I agree with you. You just mentioned it, but you also mentioned it way earlier. No, no More Parties in LA is the best rapping we heard from Kanye. Yeah, since like late registration, in my opinion, I have not heard him rap a verse that hard. I mean, it might be his best, but I don't know. But it's it's wild. Um, and you mentioned production. Like for me, songs like Freestyle Four, like what? Like he was out here, yo. Like mm-hmm. um, that was like a prime like, music beat. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Just all different iterations mm-hmm. of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could talk about this album forever. But uh, Milo, overall, your thoughts on this album? This album, this album was a good album. It was a good album. It was just a, it was a little scatterbrained, but I think that's, a, I think that can be a good thing, as you mentioned, because it is like a sampler of Kanye, apart from the iguana mm-hmm. that I mentioned earlier with Ultralight Beam. But I, there are definitely tracks off as I like. I walked away liking. I know, you, I know you didn't like highlights, but I enjoyed highlights. Thirty hours. I thought Saint Pablo, but that one was good. I also enjoyed. What is it? Real Friends famous mm-hmm. was okay so i mean and by the way by the way i liked ultralight beam i think it's a good song i'm just saying it doesn't fit so uh, yeah that's another song i walked away from it just i don't know I, I just wouldn't rank it up there with graduation and my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it was it was good but it wasn't that good uh, juan what about you this one has actually shifted many times i think when i first heard it it was four uh, yesterday, at one point, when I was trying to decide this list, I had it number one. Um, right now, I have it, it at number be. three. It's it's Damn. just like I, I mean, it's chaotic, so it's going to be moving. Yeah, but it's a, it's an amazing album. I love it. I come back to it every once in a while. 
Yeah, this is the only Kanye album I actually come back to when I want to live. Because I mean, I as I mentioned earlier, I'm not a Kanye fan. Mm-hmm. So, but when I do listen to Kanye or whatever, like this is the really only album I come back to. Um, all right, people, top two favorite songs for me. I will pick No More Parties. In, I mean, fuck. yeah, I'll pick No More Parties in L.A. and then Ultralight Beam. Oh, I forgot about feedback. Oh yeah, oh, so Ultralight Beam. Yeah, feedback. <laughs> yeah, that that oh, that beat. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah so ultralight beam and feedback <laughs> uh, father's just my hands part one and fml and for me it's going to be no more parties in la and because i don't want to just pick the same ones as mark i'm going to pick i love kanye love that you love that song so much yeah <laughs> um rankings this is my number one as i mentioned it's my favorite kanye album yeah for me this is number four uh, Life of Pablo coming in at seventh place. God damn. It's so disrespectful. <laughs> you see, one, number three for you? Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. And then after this was mm-hmm. Yay, which came out 2018. Was it June or July? June? May? Sometime May. in summer. I think it was May. Yeah. Um, it was during that amazing month. Yes. So. Unique about this album is that Kanye, first of all, he was supposed to he was supposed to release it was supposed to be called like three other names, wasn't it? Gandhi at first. Tur- Turbographic sixteen was going to be one of yeah. them. It was supposed to be named after a really old like gaming console. Yeah, and then y- or y- Yandi, I think was the name of it originally. Or well, Yandi was going to be Jesus's King. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, my bad. But yeah, so this was also a uh, album that came out with uh when he how many albums did he release that summer like or produce uh uh four yeah five five uh wait it was Pusha T his Kitsy Ghost Tiana Taylor and Nas's yeah so. five. five um so yeah and they were like released damn near back to back right like once, once a, week. a week yeah um and all albums only have seven tracks on them um you know, because it was just a holy number that Kanye wanted to <laughs> uh, do. Um, anyway, so, yay, album. I thought, and this is also right after, what, a couple months after the whole MAGA hat wearing thing. I love Donald Trump mm-hmm. shit. Um, so, there was a lot of hype, not necessarily surrounding the album itself, but just surrounding Kanye at the time. Um, like, the whole world was kind of shut down after that. but. I thought it was a cool album. Like, it wasn't great by any means. Um, it had a couple good songs. I like the intro to it. I thought that was really nice, where he's like, you know, I think I'm killing killer myself, so what makes you think I won't kill you? You know, I thought that was kind of a fine. Um, production was all right. But there were misses. And for a seven-track album, you can't have any misses. Like, you can have one, maybe. But it was like, he there was like three maybe even four misses on this album. It's like, dude, it's only seven tracks. So I just couldn't rank it higher for that reason. What were the misses? Oh, shit. Let me, let me pull them up. So I did not like Ghost Town. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of, of Violent Crimes. Didn't like Wouldn't Leave. Um, so yeah, those were the three I didn't like. And for three out of seven, it's just not... <laughs> I can't like that album really. <laughs> Violent Crimes, that was the one where. Oh. I. That was. Go ahead. 
That was the one with Nicki Minaj. He was talking about like his daughters and stuff too, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't like that for that reason. I just yeah. didn't. He was like talking about, oh, I have to like protect you from all. The-. It just sounded. It just reminded me of that whole situation with Ti getting his daughter. We all know about that, right? Oh, yeah, Lord. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I totally agree. Um, but for me, I thought the rest of the album was all excellent, besides that one song. Um, I thought Ghost Town was really good. I it took it was weird to me because I it sounded like off key at times, and I think it might have been, but somehow they made it work. Um, I love Kid Cudi. I love O Seventy Shake. Uh, I thought the features on this album were just all really great. Mm. Uh, introduced, I think this album introduced me to Aunt Clemens, who now I'm like a big fan of because of. Um, I thought the kind of the way he explored mental health was interesting, and I, yeah, I like that, that was he had kind of had that coming throughout. The whole like oh it's a superpower mm-hmm. thing, um, which is a cool way of like trying to reclaim it. Um, even though I'm not really sure how I feel about everything he was saying about mental health on this album. Yeah. He doesn't address MAGA hat wearing, does he, at all, in this album? I don't think he does. He brings up calling slavery a choice, but he doesn't bring up MAGA hat, okay. I think. I thought about killing you. I had just a really creative way to start out an album. Just, it's not, it's not really even a song, but it's, but when I think back, it's always, when I think back to this album, that's the first thing I think about is Kanye saying, today I thought about killing you. I contemplated it. I think about killing myself and I love myself. So you best believe I thought about killing you. Um, Like to, if the point was to present himself as someone who really is a bipolar person off of his medications, um, that's an immediate impact. Kanye is always delivered on, like we've talked about it a lot. Opening tracks are one of Kanye's huge strengths. and. I don't, and even though this isn't even really a song, I, I think the spoken word piece is excellent. Um, creepy, but in a great way. And <laughs> it is creepy. Yeah. Um, and another favorite off of this uh, for me is All Mine. This isn't an album that I revisit a whole ton personally, but this whole song, All Mine, reminds me a lot of Jesus era Kanye. And specifically the song I love, or the the lyric "I love your titties" because they prove I can focus on two things at once. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't gonna lie, like as much as I hate that line, that's also a great line. <laughs> I, I think that's that's just super funny, and um, yeah, it's great. And then looking a little deeper onto the album, um, one I love Ghost Town a lot too. Um, reminds me a lot of Kids See Ghosts, which we won't be reviewing. But I loved it. I don't love um, violent crimes or wouldn't leave. Um, and Mark, you actually brought up a little earlier that if a song, if an album is seven tracks and you're missing on two, that's that's going to kind of seriously hamper it, right? Um, yeah. So there are some, there are great songs. Most of this album, I think, is great. But going five for seven is not as good as going eighteen for twenty. If that makes sense. Yeah, you know. I fully agree. And I disagree. <laughs> That's fine. Um, did, did anyone else think, okay, so as we mentioned, he would, he produced, I guess, five albums. Um, so, and they all have seven songs, so 35 songs. Um, the first one that came out was the um, Pusha T one, uh, Daytona. 
And so here's the thing, right? So he made Daytona, and the beats were fire. I think, like, almost every beat on Daytona was amazing. And then Ye, Ye came out, and a couple of these beats are nice, but a lot of them were just lackluster. And I was just like, bro, like, I understand you might love Pusha T, but, like, keep the best beats for yourself. That's why I was just kind of surprised. Because when I heard Daytona, I was like, oh, Ye is about to be dope if he's in, like, this production mode. But I just... Except for like maybe like I said like uh, or as you mentioned Alan all mine and I think towards the end of I thought about killing you I remember it transitions to more of a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then that a lot of these beats were like lackluster to me and I was just so mad after hearing Daytona like the hell. Yeah, I think this is probably his like worst produced album. Um, it definitely it has like less of a sound. I think like I I can't really yeah. describe the sound of this in the same way because it feels so nondescript. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, I actually did want to respond to what you said about like Pusha T got all the good beats, but Kanye actually all the way back on College Dropout was talking about Rockefeller keeping all the best beats for himself. Rockefeller is the only niggas that helped. Um, so Kanye has always been about sharing sharing the best beats he can make. Um, and I just thought that was a really weak connection all the way back to College Dropout. Yeah, I mean, out of all those albums, like his best beats were on Daytona and then Kids He Goes. So I was like, why not on Ye? Like, it just was very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, Milo, what do you think overall? I agree mostly with uh, what's been said. It's just that, so I understand like the production was lackluster. But so this album was coming out of the Life of Pablo Yeezus era. And we're not allowed to talk about Watch mm-hmm. the Throne. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> at any rate. So the production on like Jesus was so experimental and then the production of Life of Pablo was so chaotic that hearing a the production on it it was a nice breath of fresh air that in addition to it was he was trying to reinvent himself with this coming off of the whole manga cap wearing Trump supporting that 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 kind of thing I guess I ranked this album more about the statement it made out of his discography rather than the content of the album itself, Sebi. So I had a I had a positive. It was a positive. I thought it was a positive statement. So I had a positive experience listening to the album. I wasn't the biggest fan of. I thought about killing you. The spoken word. I also like songs like Ghost Town, and I don't know if anyone mentioned it earlier. Wouldn't leave. To be frank, I can't even remember what they sounded like, but I don't remember not liking them. I don't remember. So that was another thing about this album, that it's nice and short. So it was very easy to listen to, whereas with Life of Pablo, there were certain points where I was like, okay. Like, I think I mentioned that earlier. Like, it feel, it, like in my memory, it felt a lot longer than it actually is. Felt a lot longer than it actually was. I think there's something really great about EPs, and I feel like people don't really utilize them as much as they used to. Uh, and I think, I think the, the short length, you know, even though this is like a weird in-between between like an EP, which is like five tracks or, and an album, I felt like it was nice to just kind of be given something so simple and something um, so short. So I appreciated the kind of the philosophy behind putting out a bunch of short projects like he did. Um, and overall, I, I did really like it, even though I did say the production isn't, it's is like might be the worst for a Kanye project. Um, I think the features really made this for me. The Party Next Door, Ty Dolla Sign, Aunt Clemens, uh, Kid Cudi, O Seventy Shake, like all of the all of the singers. I have not been impressed by anything Party Next Door has. Like I've not, I haven't like thought it was trash. Like with future features, 
But Party Next is Drake featured Party Next Door on some songs mm-hmm. on Views, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, <laughs> that was a song. This album apparently was actually made ridiculously quickly in a matter of only a couple of weeks because I remember Charlemagne the God when mm-hmm. he went to interview Kanye around this time. Um, it was only a month maybe before he dropped, maybe a month and a half, and uh, Kanye took him to the studio and played the whole album for Charlemagne. And then after this album was released, Charlemagne was like, this is a completely different album. Like the album that Kanye played for me, this is not it. And Kanye stated afterwards too, kind of verifying that, <laughs> oh, yeah. that after the TMZ incident, he went back and had to redo the whole thing. That he was just in a different mindset and didn't want to release the album he made. And so there was actually a whole different album that he had been working on. And so this one was just made in Wyoming over a matter of a couple of weeks after the TMZ hmm. incident. Which could be why it's also lackluster in my opinion. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Yay? Uh, it's it's hard. I this album suffers from, in my mind at least, getting compared to Kids Ghosts, Ghosts, um, which I think is seven minutes of just like unstoppable, just amazing uh, seven tracks. Um, this album's good though. I put this as my six. In context, this was originally, it came in fourth. But once we kicked out Kids See Ghosts and Watch the Throne, it got bumped up to third. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also kicked out Good Music, Cruel Summer. For me, it's number five. It's right in the middle. Uh, I think in other rankings, I've had it higher because I, in my head, I count Kids See Ghosts and Yay as one as part of one project, which brings it higher. But right now, if I'm counting it on its own, it's number five. For me, this is uh, this is number seven. Uh, I feel like it's not. It hits on a lot of a lot of the ways that Life of Pablo says I want to show different elements of Kanye. I feel like Ye attempts that, but doesn't do it as powerfully as I thought Life of Pablo did. So number seven. Um, favorite songs for me, it's I thought about killing you, and probably all mine. All Mine and Ghost Town. For me, it is going to be All Mine and I Thought About Killing You. All Mine and No Mistakes. Um, the next album that we're so excited to talk about. <laughs> Alan, actually, you want to introduce this one? <laughs> so we are here in 2020. This is Kanye's last album. Jesus is King. Um, as I guess as an introduction... Kanye, after his amazing summer of 2018 run, he had hyped up this new album called Gandhi that we'd been hearing about. There were some tracks uh, leaked online and stuff that I think are still available. Around this time was when we got like peak supporting Donald Trump. We got comments about slavery as a choice and stuff. And what this eventually culminated into was Kanye booting up the Sunday service choir uh, which was basically just doing worship music in in L.A. for people who came around. And what stemmed out of that was Kanye actually pulling a mace and becoming a Christian rapper. Um, and you'll see with our reviews, it's, we kind of have mixed opinions about this. Um, to let you guys know, this is my number nine. I think this is Kanye's worst album. I think 
there are some good beats on here. I think the Sunday service choir sounds excellent at points. Uh, but it just as Milo's brought up earlier, it doesn't sound genuine. I feel like Kanye uses God to make excuses for his actions on this album a lot, uh, which bothers me as a Christian. And there are points that are just like hilariously tone deaf. Um, I'll get to later, but not actually my least favorite. So I'll hand um, off to Mark. Yeah. So God, there's a lot, there's parts where I want to talk about sonically, but then also just in terms of Kanye as a person. Um, I'm actually more interested in terms of Kanye as a person. So, but I'll start with sonically. Like, so it's a total of 11 tracks. <laughs> like closed on Sunday was kind of cool. Like Chick-fil-A or whatever. I thought that was cool. I thought Follow God was cool and Sella. So two track two, three, and four were the only tracks I like of this whole album, um, which is 11 tracks. So three out of 11, just obviously not going to be good for me. Um, and yeah, if you would have put Ultra Light Beam as the opener for this, this could have easily bumped up like three or four spots. <laughs> um, but yeah, like and it's so wild too. Like Ultra Light Beam, is way more of a Christian song than any song on this album, in my opinion. Um, and then same maybe even with Jesus Walks. Like, so it's just wild. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's wild. I like, there's just not really much more for me to say in terms of that. But so both Milo and Alan, you both mentioned that you didn't feel like this was authentic um, and that it was more like a monetary thing. For me, this is incredibly authentic for Kanye, not for Christianity, but for Kanye and what and the, what he was going through and thinking, this is incredibly authentic. Because for me, the idea of Kanye listening to a fully Christian album, and he said there was going to be like no cussing on it, and that anyone who worked on the album, if they were not married, could not be sleeping with anybody. Um, and so it was just like, I don't think anybody was really looking forward to this when he announced it and all the stuff he was doing. Like nobody, nobody wants a purely Christian album from Kanye. And so I think money wise, this was the worst decision he could make. But I think in his heart, he really, 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 you know, wanted to do this. And specifically because uh, I think from, from what I've gathered from different things that Jesus saved him in his eyes from He's now, he was now finally out of debt. If you remember during the Life of Pablo era, Kanye was tweeting all this wild shit. And part of it was that he was in massive debt. I think at one point you mentioned like 15 mil or something like that. He was tweeting, Mark Zuckerberg, come, you know, give me some, like all this other stuff like that. Um, and then right recently, like, like, I don't know, like a half a year, year before Jesus King came out, uh, Kanye like tweeted something that he was out of debt. So whatever happened, that, that he got his bands up, you know. Um, and if you listen to the album, he rarely ever is he like really giving praise to Jesus or God in just a sense of like who they are, you know, or whatever. It's very, very much like, thank you for doing this for me. Thank you for doing that for me. Um, you know, thank you for, you know, getting me to where I am or whatever. But it really doesn't have much to do with jesus or god or whatever as much as kanye and you know the blessings that he had had in recent years so that's kind of so it's authentic for like and then i think this is like really how kanye feels about god um and really feeling like he needs to release it but it's 100 percent authentic and actually coming across as a genuine gospel album 
Yeah, it's it's hard. Like, I understand what you're saying. It's I still judge it in the sense of how do I rank this as an album that I view is meant to glorify God. Um, and in that sense, I see a lot more of glorifying Kanye um, on the song On God. He says, he uses God. He says, in 03, they told me not to drive. I bleached my hair for every time I could have died, but I survived. That's on God. I've been telling y'all since 05, the greatest artist resting or alive. And then the next five bars are all just like saying it's on God that I am the best. I put that on God. So it, to me, like, especially that song on God just says, like, I'm invoking God's name to let you know that I am actually the best rapper, um, which feels very self-centered. Um, Closed on Sunday. Closed on Sunday has such a beautiful instrumental intro. And like the first time mm-hmm. I heard it, I was audibly laughing. I, when he said, you're my Chick-fil-A, and he has bars about <laughs> bars with the lemonade. I was like, you really took this like gorgeous gospel piano and you're about and you're writing about how annoyed you are that you can't freaking get your chicken sandwich on Sunday. I, <laughs> That's what Kanye does. <laughs> he says stupid shit on beautiful beats. It didn't well, it did, just didn't go over as well with me like as it has in the past. Um, because like I said, I do judge this album a little differently in the sense of how how much do I feel like it's glorifying God? To me, not a lot. This is a glor- This is an album about glorifying yeah, Kanye. I fully agree. Uh, I think for me, um, so I did. I really like this album. Um, and yeah, holy shit! Did I know that about you? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still second to last place, but like that's Kanye oh, okay. rankings. So, um, yeah. But I think for me, I personally don't care if Jesus is, or if if Kanye is Freudian slip there. Um, I really don't care if Kanye is authentic. Uh, I don't think there's one kind of Christianity, so I don't think it's fair to judge it to being authentic to some kind of Christianity. Um, For me, and I I kind of brought this up before too, Kanye's lyrics generally aren't good. I think in order to appreciate Kanye, I have to kind of learn to tune out the dumb shit he says. And so this album was like an exercise in tuning out what Kanye is saying so I can enjoy the music. And I think when I was able to do that, it was really beautiful for the most part. Um, I didn't like the intro track. It was too pure gospel-y for me. But I think when he kind of started blending hip-hop and uh, gospel was when the production really shined. And so on that level, I really appreciated the album. That's funny because I love Every Hour. It, Like you said, it sounds like a pure gospel song. Like It's a choir singing an upbeat, high-energy song. I, I actually liked Every Hour a lot. Um, but it speaks to what both... I view as a problem and you view it as something you can look over about the album. Sure. Overall, I had a positive experience with this album. I was generally surprised by, I didn't expect to like the first track, but I ended up, I liked Every Hour Salah and Follow God. Follow God is an interesting song to me too, because it doesn't exhort you to follow God at all. Like you listen, if you listen to what he's talking about, it's like, hmm. <laughs> It's interesting that you would call this follow God. Closed on Sunday to me, yes. The hilarity there, yeah. <laughs> I laughed too. I was like, you kidding me? <laughs> like, no, this is not, these lyrics are ridiculous. But it was a, the thing about this album for me was it was li- actually listenable. I was able to listen to it and, and get through the album without feeling like, okay, the production, the production wasn't very oppressive. 
And just to speak to the the whole exploitation angle, it's not that, and Alan, you can mention whether you agree with this analysis or not. It's not that Kanye West is not like an authentic end-all, be-all Christian. It's just that he sees sects of Christianity that if he were to adopt the systems of those people, the people that he's pandering to, like he's not doing what, so it's like choosing fundamental Baptists and then pandering to these people who you know have certain convictions, certain conventions in their lifestyle, certain principles, and you're actively like ignoring those things, but you're making an album so you can get money from them about the exploitation. So yeah, whether or not Kanye is like a, like a bona fide Christian, there's, you can, we can discuss that, but at least he's kind of like, laughing in the faces of the people that he's trying to get money from like like here i'm gonna make this album for you guys but you know the whole like wearing jean skirts and stuff lol ha 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 no g-strings like that's where it's all at like this human simplicity yeah yeah right (laughs) see you later couldn't hear you over my mclaren's engine but hey buy my album guys the reason i can't say if i agree or disagree with you is i don't i don't know if this is even marketed towards christians i I have a hard time saying so I don't think it is. So so uh, if we assume it's not marketed toward Christians and I'm supposed to interpret this as a secular album, then I'd have to sort of rethink the way I rate this album and I'd have to just say I have no relation to these lyrics or these bars at all, uh, because they're meant to be about nothing. Uh I don't think that's what Kanye's going for. I think Kanye is at least putting forth the whole being genuine with this. Um, he, I mean, he brought on No Malice and he reunited Clips, who is Pusha T's brother. brother. And like, I thought that was really interesting and really cool, but it didn't go over as well as I feel like a Clips reunion would have, I would have hoped it would be as good on Use This, or was that Use This Gospel? Yeah, on Use This Gospel. Um, so that was really cool, but it feels to me like I wouldn't play this at church. Like, I don't think it is marketed towards Christians, right? Well, I mean, even in so on Wikipedia, it says that Kanye West emphasized that Jesus King was to preach the gospel and evangelize, leading to non-believers' conversion to Christianity. So, which is, I think it's just so funny that this album is supposed to make non-believers believers. Like, like nothing about hearing this would make me want to be a Christ follower afterwards. Like, there's no stories of, like, I mean, he has, like, lines here and there, but there's no, like, deep, emotional police stories of where I was, all the things that were going on, and then where I am now. It's like, no, you were rich, like, a couple years ago when you were rapping about, you know, bleaching assholes and fucking hella girls. And then you were also very rich and doing well before then and before then. And so, like, (laughs) nothing, nothing about what you're saying right now would get, in my opinion, anybody to want to convert. Like I, I said, he wasn't trying to convert atheists into believers. But now you know why he charges <laughs> the prices that he charged. <laughs> so, I think when I when I do like reflect on like theology of this album, it seems to reflect the kind of sects of Christianity that emphasize like prosperity gospels. The idea that you know um, faithfulness creates riches. God will bless you if you bless God, those kinds of ideas, Um, which makes sense that such a wealthy person would hold that perspective. Um, But at the same time, I also, um, 
I, I kind of appreciate that because it comes from that perspective that has such theologically shallow perspectives that this album is so bland in its theology. Like it doesn't really make any statements. It doesn't say anything that like a Christian would disagree with fundamentally, you know, like you might disagree with his spin on it, but the lyrics are so generic in their Christianity that they're free to interpret, which I always appreciate when music is kind of written to be interpreted freely in that way. So I think part of what makes his theology so shitty makes this album more bearable too. Yeah. I, that's really, I do like that reading that you can come out like a little more positively with it. To me, it screams non-committal where I don't want to really mm-hmm. condemn any action. I don't want to self-reflect too hard. Specifically, I'll say I was living in unchrist. I might say I'm unchrist-like, but he's not going to really get like specifics down to details the way that I think um, would be more meaningful to me. The generality makes it feel like I said, non-committal and too kind of wishy-washy. I could totally see that. So I don't know if people have more thoughts on it particularly, but so one of the things that he mentioned is that like, this is like a, like a permanent thing now, like his newfound faith, which with how much he flip-flops back and forth and, you know, just all that, I highly doubt it's actually going to be a permanent thing. But nevertheless, he's talking as if this is, is is a permanent thing for him uh, and that the rest of his music is also going to be clean, um, clean lyrics and for the most part about God. And that even at live shows, like it's, he's not really going to be playing his old stuff or if he does, he's going to be like cutting out certain lyrics or whatever. And so we're apparently going to be entering like a very new Kanye from here on out. Um, do you guys think that's going to be the case or that he's going to go back to being old Kanye? I really hope he falls into sin. Mm. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) You know, I think think it'll be permanent. That'll definitely affect his spins, which will affect his ends. Well, I definitely agree with Milo. Um, His mistake was he was he left when he was hot. That's how Mace screwed up. Um, mm-hmm. Same as Kanye did here. Are you uh, I feel like this. I feel like this was kind of the beginning of the end. If I'm being honest. Same. Are you talking about Mace, like from Bad Boy? Well, their old rapper Mace from the '90s, and yeah. there was that line on on my beautiful dark twisted fantasy somewhere where Kanye says, "Don't leave while you're hot." That's how Mace screwed up. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I I agree. I definitely think that this is the downfall of Kanye. Um, but I mean, he keeps finding ways to come out and be relevant and do stuff. So who knows? Like, who knows what the next album is gonna be? But if it's anything like Jesus King, I highly doubt it's gonna eat every album. I think actually all of his albums have debuted at number one, and so with Jesus is King, it continued obviously. But following Jesus King, I will be surprised if his next one does. Although Kanye, yeah. people counted Kanye out in 2009, so no one knows. If anyone could do it, it's him. <laughs> uh, favorite songs? Every hour and Sal- is it Salah or Salah? I think it's Salah. Okay. Um, mine's is uh, 
Salah and follow God. Uh, mine is mine is use this gospel and hands on. And for me, it's going to be Salah and I find it funny. So it's got to be closed on Sunday for rankings. This was my ninth. So nine out of nine. This one was actually number four, fourth place. It was originally sixth place, but this one's uh, coming in at four. For me, this was uh, very last, ninth place. Mine is eighth place. Okay. So Milo was the only one tripping on this album. Everyone else seems to find it weird. I was eating Chick fil A with my (laughs) waffle fries and lemonade. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is, this was not it, kind of. But, yeah, so that is our Kanye review. If you made it this far, um, thank you for listening. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, wow. Um, this is for the diehard Kanye <laughs> fans. Um, or if you're just bored and need something to listen to for two yep. hours. Um, but yeah, um, thank you guys a lot. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Bye, everyone. Ciao. Peace.